Hello, boys. Is bad pipes. It's your bro your boys. <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm your host. I don't uh, Scott. I don't have anything. I don't have anything <laughs> funny to say. I'm your host, Ryan Gosling. He's literally me. <laughs> I'm actually I'm a, I'm Andrew. This whole intro has been so cringe already. Yeah. Um. um. <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, we got three goslings in a row. All right. Uh, we watched The Gray Man, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and The Nice Guys. Uh, Is that the order you, you want to do it in? I was going to ask you. Do you have an order you want to go through it in? Um, it's funny because the order you listed there uh, is how I have them open in Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's how I wrote it down last week. So that's that's also the order I watch them in. Nice. That's not the order I watch them in. Nice. Actually, if you reversed it, that would be the order I watched it in. That said, I guess we're starting with the Gray Man. <laughs> Uh, if this is your first time with Bad Pipes Podcast, what we do is we basically review or review uh, modern movies, which is just movies in general now. Um, sometimes we'll have little one-off episodes. Like, I think coming up, we're going to do... Uh, <laughs> we're going to do an AI girlfriend review. So We're definitely uh, doing an AI girlfriend review now, especially after watching Blade Runner 2049. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so I guess we're starting with The Gray Man. Yeah. This is a Netflix movie made by Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, first things first, I hate the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. So this was, <clears throat> this was the only one out of the three that I had already seen prior to making the decision to watch these three. And this is probably the most forgettable of the three. Oh yeah, by far. Um, it is. I feel like it is a very generic action flick. Like yeah. com com. I want. I want to say this, and and I think it goes hand in hand with like pretty much the majority of what he's in, uh, aside from like Blade Runner. I feel like Ryan Gosling kind of has this niche of like the comedy action guy, the comedy action hero. Yeah, almost like a Ryan Reynolds, but usually with yeah. less quippiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did while I was watching this. Uh, freaking what's his name? Uh, 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 uh the bad guy. Uh, Chris Pine. Uh, no, no, not Chris Pine. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, Chris Evans. God damn. Chris Evans. Yeah. So he has that line where he's like, "Well, someone put a bullet in this Kindle." <laughs> And I was like, I looked at Shelby, and I was like, oh, "Is that where? Is that where you got the kin roll?" That was that was the inspiration. That's literally that was the decision. He, Chris Chris Evans, is actually who casted Ryan Gosling as Ken. Straight up, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I think someone watched this movie and they went, "You know what? He would be a good kid." Yeah, that was. That's it. All was said and done. That said. I honestly did not enjoy this movie. I, oh man, it just like goes on and on and on. I don't know, maybe like what year did this come out? 2016, I believe. 2016. Yeah, like they had so many like drones. Oh, no, shot. wait. Uh, no, this is 2022. All right. This was 2022. Yeah, Nice Guys was 2016. God, man. Like, so many of the shots were just, like, drone footage, basically, of, like, the camera fucking zooming in and then zooming out, and you're like... Yeah. I get it, dude. Uh, you know you I didn't put a camera on a drone now. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, I don't think I realized this, that it was the Russo brothers, so that kind of checks out that it was a little... Yeah. I mean, I think that's why Chris <clears throat> Evans was in this. Mm, from doing the yeah. Marvel stuff with them. Yeah. Um... It's just such a forgettable action movie. Yeah. It it really it it really just does not have a lot of depth. You know. 
No. And the writing's not fun either. Like, the dialogue, again, very, like... Mm -hmm. It's just kind of cringy. Yeah. Like, basically every conversation between uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans' character was just, like, painful, man. And Chris Evans, I think partially he's, like, hamming it up a little bit, but also his character is just, like incompetent you know and so like you don't believe that he has created this like big mercenary group kind of thing mm -hmm. um, have um <clears throat> have you seen uh bullet train no see now that that's one like i it, enjoyed that movie i've actually seen it twice um this is just like if <clears throat> For some reason, like the pro, like like something about the premise is just like being these like kind of like, <clears throat> basically know, like Hitman. spy, yeah, basically hitmen or spies or whatever, like kind of at odds with each other. It's a similar premise in that regard. It's just Bullet Train did it so much better, and it, it actually is like an entertaining kind of quippy movie. Yeah. Um, that one I think is like Brad Pitt and um, <clears throat> uh, stop. What's the one dude's name? I can't remember. There's like a couple big names in there. I, I know Brad Pitt's like the big one. Yeah, it's got the kid from uh, Super. Yes, that's who I'm thinking of. I can't remember his name. <laughs> his, his 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 character his his character and his partner because like it's him and a partner <laughs> that are on the train. Um, they're they're pretty funny, but yeah, that was actually a pretty enjoyable movie. This one is just like if you dialed that down to like generic levels yeah, so, I get that. yeah. Um, it's also got Aaron uh, Taylor Johnson yes Aaron Taylor Johnson it's also got the one girl um, Joey King she's in that too I, uh, what the, oh yeah I forgot he's gonna be Craven the Hunter oh yeah oh man I just don't think that movie's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I think Marvel's just fallen too far off now. They've, yeah. they've lost their way. Um, but no, back, back to Gray Man. Um, I, I feel like it's so generic and it's so forgettable that we're sitting here trying to like come up with something to talk about for it. And instead, we're just going on tangents on like, this movie's better. These actors are good. <laughs> yeah. It's also um, annoying that like... They never use his real name. He's just called Six for the entire movie. Oh yeah. Like, um, no, because he, he has like a because <clears throat> his real name's Cortland Gentry. <laughs> it's just I'm pretty sure you only ever get that at the very beginning when you you because I think it was like he murdered his like dad or stepdad yeah, like or someone. His intro. And, yeah. But then, like, they never return to his name. It's like yeah, he's only ever six. Him again. No, he's he's just a number. Which I, I think it, you know they're trying to do the whole James Bond 007 sort of thing. But it's like at least he gives his name, other than just like I'm literally just my identity is this fucking number. Yeah. <clears throat> Good guy, man. This movie had a budget two hundred million. Yep, and then what? Uh, box office four hundred fifty-four k, at least according to Wikipedia. This was also the middle of last year, so things were. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't think measure that were, with like, streaming. Totally shut down, but like. No, but. I mean, it, it definitely was one that straight up came out on streaming, so I don't really know how you measure that. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess you'd have to like go into the watch hours and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Which yeah, probably that's usually explains the, the length of this movie because it's a two-hour movie and it's mm -hmm. like probably thirty minutes too long. Oh yeah, like it, it starts to get really boring after that, like hour twenty mark. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm kind of with IMDb on this six and a half out of ten. Uh yeah, I was gonna say I was actually just gonna give it a straight. Uh, you know, six and a half probably. Yeah. I think there are some some parts of it that I'm like, yeah, it's you know, 
I mean, it's definitely it's better action. than uh, <laughs> Future World. It's definitely better than Future World. Uh, Nothing. But, I don't think anything. It, it, I feel like it's. We need to like. We need to like go on a mission to find a movie worse than Future World. God, dude, that'd be so easy. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm probably smoking aces too. <laughs> Never seen Which it. Which was something I wanted to bring up. Actually, was smoking aces is like a much campier movie with a much larger cast and uh, it's just like way more fun. It's got like Ryan Reynolds, uh, a bunch of other people in there. Uh, Chris Pine actually is in there. Um, Kevin Durand, I think his name is. Durand. Right? Yes, Kevin Durand. Uh, I don't know. You'd recognize him. He's been he's been in fucking just about everything. Um anyway, so that like that's a movie about like a bunch of different uh hitmen trying to all kill this this one same dude. And uh it's about like Ryan Reynolds as an FBI agent, like trying to get the guy to live, you know? And um, it just, it's fucking hectic, dude. Because you know how like the different little mercenary groups in this movie don't really have their own identities. It's just like soldier guys, A, soldier guys, B, soldier guys, C, you know? Mm-hmm. There's like nothing different about them. Uh, that movie is fucking insane, right? Because uh, Chris Pine, Kevin Durand, and I forget who the third guy is, they're playing these like uh, hillbilly redneck white nationalists who, uh, I mean, they're like throwing fucking chainsaws around and shit. Like, it just gets hectic. Uh, you've also got like, um, like the real cool guy, and he meets the super sniper lady, and they like have a little romance that happens in the middle of all this shit. And like another one of the FBI agents uh, gets like wounded, and it's just fucking insane. It's just an insane movie. And yeah. like, I would recommend that to someone before I recommend The Gray Man to someone, even though like objectively, the Gray Man is probably a more generally acceptable movie, whereas like mm-hmm. Smoke and Aces is just like campy. It's fun. It's high yeah. octane. It's like I think everything this movie kind of wanted to be, but the Gray Man just takes itself too seriously. Does that make sense? No, yeah, I get that. It takes there, itself there's... too seriously, but then the dialogue is like not yeah. good. There's some movies that you're like, this movie was like meant to be a serious movie, but it's just like not done well versus like something that's like, this is meant to be like ridiculous and campy and really stupid. And it pulls it off. Yeah. Like smoking aces is meant to be over the top and it's like fun. Despite the fact that overall it's not really a good movie. Yeah. Fair. Like if I gave this a six and a half, I'd probably give Smoking Aces like a seven. It's like dead center in my would recommend. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about this. No. Except for Anna de Armas was in it too, and the two of them are uh, <laughs> in the next movie together. Oh yeah. I guess that's our transition. So, uh, Blade Runner 2049, Ryan Gosling and Anna Darmus. Yes. Uh, theatrical power couple. <laughs> um, apparently, yeah. Blade Runner 2049. Um, <clears throat> I guess we can go into this with, with also saying, like, I had not seen original Blade Runner, and I watched it before I watched this to make sure I got it. Like, like, got the full, the full thing. Really, really like this movie. Yeah, I mean, Denis Villeneuve directing. It's a yeah. visual delight. I, I, I kind of wish that we had done like a Denis Villeneuve trio of movies because we could have done like this Dune and oh god, I don't even know what else he's done. Um, but like his movies are always very pretty. Yeah. Uh, Arrival, Prisoners, Sicario. Um, 
He's like very much got that like. I think he, yeah, he's French Canadian, and he definitely has that like sort of French eye for science fiction. Like, yeah, if you're familiar with like, I think Mobius was the famous comic artist. He did a bunch of art too, but um, he was a French guy who kind of like defined the visuals of science fiction for a real long time. Uh, he did a bunch of comics for uh, heavy metal back in the day. Um, a lot of those were pretty like fundamental to American sci-fi visuals. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Nope. I um. I don't know how you feel about it. Like this one versus the original. I liked this one more. Here's a question. Which version uh-huh. of the original did you watch? I think I watched the final cut like you told me. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, because so. the theatrical release of the, the original mm-hmm. is like not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the final cut is definitely like a much darker film. It doesn't have like the voiceover stuff going on the whole time. Um, and originally they added the voiceover in because, uh, like studio execs were like, I, we don't think that audiences are going to understand what's going on in this movie. So they had, uh, Deckard doing like a film noir detective voiceover. For okay, yeah. I, I definitely didn't have that in this. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming I watched the final cut. Um, I didn't like specify that, but yeah, I didn't have any sort of like voiceover thing. I definitely got it like pretty. Yeah. Also, like, the endings of the two different movies are very different. At the ending of the uh, theatrical cut, mm-hmm. theatrical release, um, Deckard and, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, like, driving off through a forest with, like, uh, sunlight coming in and all this. And it's, like, a weirdly optimistic, hopeful, bright ending for a movie that, like, is supposed to be a, a science fiction film noir. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, the final cut is, like, I think the last thing you see is, like, the elevator doors closing and yeah. the, uh, the little origami unicorn. Yep, that was, I think, yeah, that was what I got. Um, I have I have a question for you. Um, do you... Uh, so there's always like theory like people always talk about like is um is Deckard a replicant? Have you like seen that there's like a debate ab- about this? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's put to rest with Blade Runner 2049 though cuz like he's pretty clearly Like I don't think they outright say it in this movie, but uh whenever Jared Leto's character, Wallace, is talking to Deckard and he's like, Don't you think you were like made to like at that at the moment you saw her like fall in love with her? Like that kind of thing. Mm. Um I think it's implied that like Deckard was made for Rachel and Rachel was made for Deckard so that they together could create a uh an entirely synthetic uh what do they call him in here replicant replicants um um like a birth replicant basically yeah i kind of got that and then um i i after watching them both i like i was curious because i know they're not like pretty explicit with it so i kind of like wanted to see people's takes on it as far as like credit goes um I i found a really cool theory that was basically that like um Essentially, like uh, Gaff, like the the guy with you know with the cane who's leaving the origami, Edward um, James almost dude. Yeah, you know um, what else he's been in, right? Uh, what has he? I know he was in Twelve Angry Men, right? Uh, I mean, most famously, he's the captain of the Battlestar Galactica. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he was in the oh, original shit. show, and he's he's in the. Uh, I think he's like Admiral. Yeah, in the in the, I say newer show, but when did that show come out? Like the, the mid two thousands. Oh yeah, um, that's a really good show, by the way. If you haven't seen it, if you're looking for like some sci fi shit, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. streaming anywhere. It's probably not. Knowing my luck, Battlestar. <laughs> yeah, that was a tangent though. Um, yeah, I have no idea. 
also to kind of put this into context, uh, William Gibson, who I bring up probably every episode, uh, father of cyberpunk, um, was in the process of writing Neuromancer when the first Blade Runner came out. He saw it and he went, fuck, they already made my (laughs) story I was writing. And he went home and he, I think he said he rewrote the first chapter of his book about 13 times. Damn. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, this theory was basically that, like, essentially, Gaff was, like, the best ever Blade Runner. <clears throat> like, he was the guy, and then, due to injury, like, re- actually retired. And then they essentially created, <clears throat> created, um, Deckard as a replacement for him and they put their, uh, the, the theory was that like they put um, Gaff's memories into Deckard um, and then they were saying like that's why like uh, it, it seems like Gaff kind of knows what Deckard is thinking or what he's doing and why he leaves like the origami around as like a as like a you know kind of like a I know I know or I relate to what you're doing, or like, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because so. in the theatrical release, uh, Deckard kept having dreams about a unicorn, and hmm. Gaff leaves him the, uh, the like, unicorn origami. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think that's in the final cut, though. It's not, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, the unicorn origami is, but I don't think the unicorn dream is. I don't recall the unicorn dream being in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I thought uh, I thought that was an interesting theory. It was also a Reddit post from like 11 years ago that someone was just like <laughs> posting about being like, yeah. So it definitely, it didn't account for anything in 20, um, 2049. Yeah. But no, I... Um, also say 2049 is a two hour and 43 minute movie that w- and that doesn't feel like it. Uh, yeah. No, it definitely, it definitely went by. I just, I remember getting through it and being like, holy shit, this is almost three hours long. Um, yeah. But, but like it paced really it well, is, I think. It is paced very well. I also, I think something I appreciate in in this is they set the tone and the setting very well. Um, I, Again, visually, obviously visually stunning. You, you know, you get like the big holograms and the, the signage. You get like these shots of like the dams with the water flowing. Um, beautiful scenery. Yeah, every and, time the shit, the... Uh the mm-hmm. car the police car is like flying out over the city yeah those shots are like so long but like they're so pretty Beautiful. like the visual effects in this yeah. are very very good yeah um i also like how they really uh, i think they dug more into kind of this um this prejudice and fear against the yeah, what do they refer to them as skinners or skin suits or whatever they were calling them in the movie yeah, so the, the replicants. I remember. That's not you slur, Scott. They're called replicants. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's very clear that like there there are slurs to refer to them as you know less than. I mean, their whole thing is they're more than human, or whatever the the their their catchphrase was, and then it's very clear that humans view them as less than. Um, you know. But uh, yeah, I like well, the plot. The plot was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the plot's very good. Um, yeah. I think they do a pretty good job of kind of obscuring the the twist. Um, yeah. But then, like, if you watch it again, then you get all the clues that you kind of missed the first mm-hmm. time. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that it was it was definitely like when when they hit that twist and you see her like you have like the kind of flashback of her viewing the memory and crying and I was like that it makes fucking sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll also say I think this is one of the only roles that I've seen Jared Leto in where he's not uh, completely fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Unbearable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's actually pretty good in this movie, and I think it's because he has like a more suppressed, mm-hmm. like low energy character. Um, yeah, because like his character in Fight Club is a little shithead, and you're you're actually pretty glad whenever he gets the fuck beat out of him. Yeah, um, no, and I I 
actually, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any issues with any of the uh, acting or actors in this. Um, I, I pretty much enjoyed everyone that was in it. Yeah. So. I mean, it's Ryan Gosling, it's Harrison Ford, it's Anna de Armas, uh, yeah. Mackenzie Davis, uh, Sylvia Hoax. Dave, Dave Batista at the very beginning. Oh yeah, Sapper Morton. That's a good name, dude. That is a great name. I'm gonna name my next dog that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, you got Lenny Lenny James, better known as Morgan from The Walking Dead. Uh, this is kind of funny because 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 um, he's also in Dune, but David Dastmalkian. Do you know? who he is uh no but i i've recognized him he's coco right he's the guy who like ends up getting his fucking like spine fucking busted yeah, he, he by uh karate chopped in the yeah, back of the neck and just like goes by down love the yeah I, i've recognized i i recognized the face from um i've definitely seen him in something uh well he's in dune he's also in the dark okay Knight. the uh, the dark knight probably is one i recognize him from apparently he's in oppenheimer he's in last voyage of the demeter oh, jesus Oh, he's in Prisoners, yeah. another Denis Villeneuve. He was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Ant-Man. Yeah, he plays the, uh, he's one of the, like, ex-criminal crew. Yeah. Wow, he's only six foot tall. Short-ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, overall, good cast. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, fantastic. What else was I gonna say? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Anna de Armas and her her role in this as the AI girlfriend. Um, yeah. So that's where like most of the value of the movie comes from, right? Is this discussion of uh, emotions, attachment, um, <laughs> whether it matters if something is like an artificial life form or um, I mean, they have that that phrase, right? Like, uh, oh shoot, it's the line that Officer K has with uh, Madam, what's her name, <clears throat> Lieutenant Joshi. Uh, he says, "Anything that's what is it? It's like anything that's been born has a soul." I can't recall. He says something along those lines to her. Yeah. Because uh, I think she implies <clears throat> that he might have to kill some, like, human beings. <clears throat> like, are you okay with that? And he's like, uh, well, you're, you're telling me I have to. So you're the one in charge. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what it is. She basically tells him, you might have to kill some people. And he's like, anything that's been born has a soul. And she's like, is that going to be a problem? And he says, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then that becomes like kind of the gist of the movie, right? Because the overall plot is uh, these two replicants had a child. And if the wider world knows that replicants can have children, then that's going to like start a war basically because they have incorporated replicants in the society if replicants know they can have kids they're gonna fucking riot uh if yep. people know that replicants can have kids uh they're gonna fucking riot um and at the center of it is this replicant child who conceivably has a soul or maybe doesn't depends on <laughs> depends on your uh view of life i guess um which is probably a, a greater philosophical argument than we're able to get into here. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, all altogether, I really enjoyed the plot. I like. I. It it, it built up slowly. I felt like because it's kind of like okay, it starts out with, and pretty much from beginning to end, every part of this movie has. Uh, it serves a purpose in the greater plot of the film. It starts with him, you know, going after this this replica, going after Sapper, um, 
who obviously was involved in hiding, you know, the, uh, you know, the the bones of, I think it was the, uh, Rachel's bones, right? Yeah. Um, and and some of the evidence, and you know, was going to take it to the take it to the grave, and, um, you know, it it just it just continually builds, e- even to the point of you know, we we kind of get into the the middle of the movie where it's revealed that like this child was born of our original two you know protagonists from the first movie from you know from deckard and rachel and it's their kid and so it kind of confirms that they didn't have a happily ever after either Uh, yeah no exactly um and uh, i think it it, it's a, it does a really good job of being a standalone movie while also tying back to the original. Like you could watch this uh, like a like as a standalone film and still get you know still get the general gist of it, and get everything you need to. Uh, but it, you know you're definitely treated. It, you're you're in for more of a treat. Have you had you seen the original? Yeah, um, I would agree with you. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've seen the original, I think you'll. Uh, get a lot out of this one. I yeah, think you'll you definitely need to have seen the original. To yeah, you'll definitely appreciate it more. Um, and also, uh, this one doesn't ruin the first one, and the first one doesn't ruin this one. Yeah, because um, a lot of movies like take for granted that you've seen the first one, and they'll just like tell you pretty much spoilers for the first movie. But you could watch this, be like, "Oh, this was really interesting," and then go back and watch the first Blade Runner, and still really enjoy it because the plot yeah. of that movie really doesn't affect the plot of this movie that much yeah um no and I'm, I'm glad we get like we get the throwbacks of like the original recordings and some of the original footage from from the first one that's like used obviously in like you know the, the, they they play back i think they at one point play back some audio or wallace is playing back some audio or something uh from the um like the test that um that Deckard gives to Rachel in the original uh, one. Love is actually showing Officer K. That's that, it. That's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe he does uh, do some audio or something whenever Wallace is talking to Deckard. Yeah. Um, what the heck? definitely i'm very glad i watched because i when we started doing it i was like i'm gonna just jump into this and watch it and i was like you know what no i i I really felt felt like i should watch the first one just to get more out of it um and i definitely did so i'm I'm glad i did it that way yeah i mean it's uh it's a very good movie the first one's also a very good movie first one's a Mm -hmm. classic i would say yeah, I also, I was gonna say, I also like the. Um, we kind of have this like incident. Uh, it, it takes place in the same world, but things have definitely changed, and it's it's just kind of referenced, you know, and, and talked about in passing is like the blackout and kind of like this loss of information and loss of things and how Wallace came back around and and revival like brought back you know the replicant process and everything once. Uh, Tyrell and, and well, the Tyrell you know, Corporation went out. You know, there was like a Netflix anime short film kind of thing called uh, it's like 2026 Blackout or something like that. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. Um, Have you seen it? Blade? It would help if I could spell words right, dude. Blade. You spelled it Bald Runner? I did spell it Bald Runner. How'd you know? Because <laughs> that's what I did last week, remember? You gave me shit. I had to correct it in our chat, and I still put I still put Blade Runner twenty seventy seven because I was thinking of Cyberpunk. Blade Runner Blackout twenty twenty two is a twenty seventeen Technoir Cyberpunk anime short film directed by Shinichiro Watanabe. Uh, if you're not familiar with Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, he is the guy that. Can, can you hear the fucking squeaking coming through? Uh, I, I just did for a second there. Okay. Um, about to go fight someone. <clears throat> so, Shinichiro Watanabe is uh, Kawabibop, 
Samurai Champloo, Space oh, nice. Dandy. Uh, he was one of the guys in um, the Animatrix. Uh, he's just like a big, uh, big name, very good. Uh, big anime guy. Yeah, anime director and producer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have seen this, and it is good. Nice. We have to throw on the list Apparently, here. Blackout 2022 is uh, one of three short films that serve as prequels to the live-action Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. It's um, good shit, though. It's good shit. Yeah, no. All in all, I, I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the movie that, like, cemented in my mind that Denis Villeneuve was a very, very good director. Yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite directors uh, visually, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm going to give it, like, a nine. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a nine. Yeah. I think, it, I think, I think the it's... first Blade Runner for me is, like, a 9.5, though. Okay, sure. so you do like you do like the original better than the. Uh... Oh, for sure, dude. Rucker Howard at the Howard at the end when he's got the fucking dove in one hand and the blood coming <laughs> down, and he's got the nail through his his other hand, and he's like yeah. literally this Christ figure, and he gives this speech about like like tears in the rain. That speech is like mm-hmm. fucking unbeatable, dude. That is one of the coolest movie moments. I, I, in I will all say of cinema. I really did enjoy the ending on that one. I think for me, uh, I just think. Like, he's think, the epitome of the, like, mm-hmm. villain that you empathize with, right? Yeah. Because he's, like, fully willing to just, like, murder people. Uh, mm-hmm. Literally, like, shoves his thrum- thumbs through the eyes of his creator. Yeah. And then he goes off and he, like,. You realize where that where that violence was coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And it's from this like longing for acceptance. And like I think that that almost has more to say for today's like modern society than 2049 does, because yeah. like men's loneliness is at like an all time high. Uh, we're looking at this like bleak, dark future where I mean a lot of young men don't see a future. Suicide rates are at the highest they've been in recorded history. Uh, and like it's <laughs> it's bleak and it's dismal right mm-hmm. and here you have this character that like at the end of the movie has a total switch in your in how you see them right mm-hmm. so like you go the entire movie looking at this guy like he's a fucking psychopath basically and at the end of the movie it's like he was fighting with everything he had just to live and he was doing everything he could to try to get life you know a little bit yeah. more life for him and his friends yeah um no i i really enjoyed i, I really enjoyed the first one i think i liked the when uh, i think i like 2049 better in in like visual spectacle and setting i i don't know something about it i felt like i got more of like a feel for the world I mean, it's also easier to do that because you have yeah, like no, established 100%. visuals for cyberpunk, right? Yeah. Um, for no, like dirty futurism. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm saying that, you know, knowing that, like, obviously, we're what I mean, literally twenty years apart. I mean, twenty years look- later, we obviously have great CGI and. If you, you look know, at Blade Runner to... in the context of its time, 1983 was like, there was nothing like that movie out before it. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Still a great movie. I mean, that, like, I don't know what he made in between the two of those, but Ridley Scott going from, like, Aliens, or uh, Alien, to that movie, uh, I mean, he was foundational for for science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Um like we would not have the current atmosphere that we do for science fiction without Ridley Scott's like early movies in the oh, science yeah. fiction genre. Um, yeah, definitely. God, dude, I'm so excited for Napoleon. Oh my god, I want to watch that so bad. Yeah, I saw you posted on Twitter about it, or not Twitter on uh, Instagram. Oh yeah, 
He's literally me. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so speaking of Ridley Scott, uh, another guy that's been in uh, a couple <laughs> good Ridley Scott movies is, um, oh fuck, what's his name? <laughs> nice guys. R- Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. Most notably, Gladiator. He played Gladiator in the movie Gladiator. <laughs> He he did he did indeed play Gladiator. He played Gladiator. Um, so this is the old Ryan Gosling Russell Crowe team up from 2016. A, a good old little kind of buddy cop movie, um, yeah. which I appreciate. I love a good buddy cop well, what's dynamic. Great is that it's like a buddy cop movie, but it's not a buddy cop movie because it's exactly. a PI and a hired muscle. Movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So they do kind of a new spin on the buddy cop sort of thing. Um, no, they, I mean, they team up pretty early on in the movie, but it's just, it, it's, they're just literally a, a complete shit show. Um, yeah. it's, it's, I feel great. like out of all the movies we watched that have been in, like comedies, this is the closest mm-hmm. to like a full farce that we've gotten, mm-hmm. except for like 1941, right? Yeah. So like 1941 is just like as farce as farce can get, uh, where like joke setups in the beginning of the movie will come up at the end. Most of like this movie is kind of like one-off little goofs. Yeah. Um, pretty good movie, dude. The opening of this where like the kid is looking at the fucking porno bag and then yeah. the, and the car <laughs> comes flying through with her in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great one. Um, uh, also, yeah. like, towards the end of the movie, whenever, like, another one of my favorite bits in this is uh, Holland, Ryan Gosling's character, being like, I think I'm invincible. And then, like, yes. <laughs> he's, like, falling off of the roof, getting hit by cars. Uh, yeah, falling through glass. Sort of, like, blown up by a grenade. Yeah. And um, it's like, yeah, you're invincible, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can't be killed, but will be permanently injured eventually. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, great. I mean, it takes place in, what, 77, I believe, is when this movie takes place. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 77. Uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood, 77. Um, no, I mean. I feel like it's got a pretty good grasp on, like, the 70s feel, too. It, that, that's what I was about to say. It definitely, like, especially, like, you go to that party, and I was like, I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure that, what, they're at a party for, like, porn stars. But I was like, damn, party in the 70s is probably wild. Yeah, I mean, it was a porn producer's house yeah. party. Yeah. But. This movie's good. No, it was, I mean, as far as, like, newer, com- I feel like comedies nowadays fall so short, and they're really cringe. Oh, yeah, And this one, sure. this one did a good job, and, you know, also decent cast, you know, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, obviously off-rip, but... Oh, our, our old friend Keith David shows up. Yep. I don't um, think we've seen him since the uh, John Carpenter episodes. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Matt Bomber. Just, I mean, uh, even like the smaller names, just uh, I, I felt like they played their parts well. Yeah. Oh, I feel like everyone's solid in this. Yeah. So it's just like uh, it's a fun, it's a fun little. Uh, I mean, we could put this in the same genre as like Blade Runner. It's a, it's a film noir basically. Because mm-hmm. you got like a dead body shows up, uh, then there's a mystery introduced. Uh, her aunt is like, "No, I saw her," and then they start putting the fucking mystery together, and it's, it's good. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, this was my second time watching this, and I enjoyed it just as much as the first time. Yeah, no, this was my first time watching it. I hadn't watched it. I think I watched it with Casey today, and she had seen it, 
Um, but even she was just like, yeah, it's just it's a it's a solid movie. So yeah, um, I had a great time with it. There were definitely definitely many times where I was just like getting a little a little chuckle out, you know. Some, some good stuff uh, I don't know because like I don't want to say too much more because if anyone wanted to watch this and hasn't like just uh, watch it whoever you are yeah no I'd say definitely worth a watch it's on Netflix who doesn't have Netflix um you know so do it go watch it yeah I guess we should say uh the gray man and the nice guys are both on Netflix I uh, I think I rented Blade Runner on Amazon. Yeah, Blade Runner is also free to stream on Max HBO. Quote free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta pay for it. You gotta pay for Max, but man, I kind of would Which... like to uh, do like a little watch through of a couple different shows on HBO, just because. I feel like you probably haven't seen them. Like, have you watched The Young Pope? I haven't, no. Oh, man. That one, visually, delightful. Have you watched, uh, I think it's Raised by Wolves? No, I haven't watched that either. Oh, Ridley Scott produced it. Um, huh. Also, a visual delight. Well, guess what? You know what? I pay for, I pay for Max, and apparently I can have three streams going at once, so if you, I want the login... Hell yeah, I want the I'll just give it to you right now. I'll give it to you right now on recording. No, stop. Our Berlin listener <laughs> is going to steal it from me. <laughs> yeah, Raised yeah. by Wolves. I freaking loved that show, and I never watched the second season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I paid for... Why did I... I can't remember. There was something I wanted to watch that I was just like... I, I was using my sister's max login and then she already had the max number of streams going uh, possible and I was like, well, d- d- fuck me then. I guess people, th- no one ever used that that account and then all of a sudden people were using it. So I was just like, I, gotta, I just gotta have to get my own. <laughs> Man. I, I mooch where I can, but sometimes I just have to bite the bullet. Well. I gave up. I gave up Apple TV in order to... Uh, which, if, if you... I don't know if... Did, did you ever watch... Um, the uh, Severance? The Scott show? Yeah. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. Shelby watched through all of it. Um, yeah. I think she really liked it. It was a, it was a really good fucking show. That, that's My one... Is I completely distrusted Apple after... Uh, oh, after Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Uh, after after talking to you about Foundation, I still haven't read it. I know I said I was going to. I will soon. I promise, dude. I'm pretty sure you can find like a dramatized audio version on Spotify. Actually, you know what? I've got a fucking. I'm about to go bust out an 18 hour drive split between tomorrow and early oh, Sunday, yeah, so I might just throw that, that shit on because that's like really good. And also, it'll take you through like I think the first three books. Nice. Um, I'll have to try to find it. Yeah. Uh, maybe after this, I will try to dig that up and send it to you. Yeah, if you um, send it to me, I'll definitely put it on because I, I can only take music for so long before I gotta put something yeah. on it's, to it's like listen to. Old school, like I want to say, like '60s or '70s, like straight up like audio drama. Like it's nice. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Um. Hell yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's pretty true to the books. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember them taking any absurd liberties with anything that I had listened to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got like 15 more minutes to hit an hour. Uh, what's your, yeah, we, what's your biggest fucking... What's your thing been lately? Like, what have you been obsessed with lately? What have I been obsessed with? Yeah, what have you been like, dude, this is all I can think about right now. Um... I mean, I've been on a health kick. I got back into running, and I've been researching running videos and just trying to get a plan together. I, I'm, I'm, I want to a year from a year from like now. I want to be running a marathon. So that's, that's what something. I've been. 
That's what I've been doing a lot. Um, I also, another cool thing I've been fucking around with is, uh, have you seen the little um, pocket emulators? I feel like they're like all no. over TikTok. They're all over TikTok and like all over. So I went ahead and bought one. They're just like a, basically like a little Game Boy. Um, here I, I can I can send you a little picture of like what the one I got is. They're pretty. Uh, they're kind of cool. Um, I've been playing. I've been playing Pokemon Blue to start. Oh my god! I know. Like the original Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Jesus. So here, I'm going to... Oh, shit. Here you go, here you go. I'm putting it in the general. So that's the one I got. It looks like that. Uh, it's literally like 50 bucks or so. I got it for. Um, Interesting. Kind of and then like an old school Nintendo look, but... Yep. The name on it. Me, me, the Mew Mini Plus is the model I got. Um, there's also a company called Amberdeck. They're, they're apparently it's it's become such a big thing now. Um, they have like so many of these like they're they're definitely like Chinese companies that are just making these like handheld consoles, little video game consoles. They have like some that are like kind of like long, like a Switch. Um, yeah, they have I like Nintendo is very much not cool with people emulating. Oh yeah, no, they're not. And so the companies get around this because like they're just selling these, these generic pocket handheld gaming consoles. Now they come with um, a an SD card. Uh, allegedly, they come with an SD card um, loaded with like thousands of games for like you know every kind of different console well, you can like think of school game boy games weren't much more than like a few megabytes so if i mean back when we were recording this on a uh sd card i had like a 50 sd or 50 gig sd card so i mean that could fit uh, probably 100 or so games yeah so uh kind of kind of what i have is what i allegedly have uh because this is uh something that's frowned upon and Nintendo will, would probably go after you if you do this. So allegedly I have a 128 gigabyte uh, Samsung SD card that I bought as well. So an extra $15, so like basically $65 all in, 50 for the console, 15 for the 128 gigabyte SD. And then you like, people make these um, like kind of cool, uh, what third party operating systems that work really well with it. So uh, the one I have is Onion OS. It actually runs really well. And then uh, you can just, uh, basically they have um, these like packs. Uh, I think the one I got, I can't remember the, what the one I got is called, but it's basically an all in one. Like you just download it. It's like, it's like six gigabytes and it has all of them. It basically has the emulators for, um, Arcade games, so like OG arcade. Uh, I'm talking like the X Men, old X Men, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like Galaga, like all those. Um, there's a couple hundred of those. Uh, it's got old OG Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Um, sponsor or something? No, no. I'm just what saying is it's, what is it's this? got it's got it's got all these different. No, I'm just saying it's cool because it's got like all these different gaming consoles. I mean, it's got all the way up to. You can you can try to run like PS1 and Sega CD on it. They say some of the games will lag up a little bit. Um, at least for this console, there's there's like higher end consoles you can buy that you can spend like a hundred bucks and then you can run like you can run up to like GameCube games and stuff. Jeez. Um, but yeah, no. So just have all kinds of different games on it. And then it's it's cool. I mean, it can connect to Wi-Fi and then on top of that, you can. Um, you can actually connect them together and play multiplayer together, like across consoles. So, like if if, if someone else has a se if if someone has a second one, we can connect play, and like play like arcade games together or even like you know whatever like old like Super Nintendo games that are like multiplayer. Uh, you can play if you're like within a certain range of each other. So, I've been fucking around with that. Um, yeah, I, I basically went through. I, I pretty. I, I've only been playing Pokemon Blue, allegedly. Um, 
and uh, I, I kind of set it up to like favorite all of like the old game, old nostalgic games I've wanted right, to play. So this fucking nerd shit. All right. What, what I really what? wanted to talk about was Napoleon. Okay. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. You're you're obsessed with Napoleon right now, dude. I've been watching so many of those like battle breakdown videos on YouTube. They're like 45 minutes long, and it'll give you like the context for why a battle is happening. Uh, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, mm-hmm. Napoleon got his start as an artillery captain, um, and basically. A city in the south of France on the, uh, on the fucking, uh, what is that? The, the one sea down there, um, revolted, right? Uh And it was like, no, we're not going to be part of this new Republican France. Um, and so they basically got support from a group of like allied forces which were like the english the spanish uh like a bunch of different people um and then napoleon showed up and he pretty much took the town it was like a very very well executed plan and i mean from there it was history it was like he fucking blew up dude and i don't know if you know this or not but he's the first person that instituted like the core the core system mm-hmm which is, like, the foundation of, like, every modern military now. Oh. Um, so, <clears throat> basically, instead of, like, your armies having a, like, your army just being one big fucking uh, group that had to, like, move together, uh, he had all these different regiments that could function independently of each other. And, like, each one was, like, a miniature army, basically, which is, like, how our shit works now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that let them adjust to changing circumstances on the battlefield very quickly. Uh, it also let them like plunder the land, uh, and move independently of each other so that they didn't have to get like bottlenecked going through a, a ravine or something, you know, like through, uh, environmental difficulties. So... Like, the dude absolutely changed warfare. And then on top of that, uh, I found a video talking about, like, the five or six top generals that, uh, that, like, Napoleon thought were, like, the best generals of all time, right? Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, now Napoleon has, like, the most won battles out of any general in history. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said, like, Frederick the Great, who... uh, is the father of like the modern German state. He was a, a king of Prussia. Well, first he was king in Prussia and then the people loved him so much and he did such a good job at like unifying and securing the freedom of uh, Prussia from surrounding countries that they started calling him the king of Prussia. Um, the dude brought potatoes to Prussia. People leave potatoes on his grave. Um, oh, shit. He was fighting a war on like four fronts and not being absolutely absolutely craned like the dude was an amazing like he didn't win every battle but like he he kept prussia alive while it was at war on like four fronts uh he also said like alexander the great but everyone knows alexander the great you know and then also uh like julius caesar but again everyone knows caesar um so i've just been like watching all these All these fucking war videos, they're just like about little battles that happened and why certain people won and why other people didn't win. Uh, Like, Frederick the Great uh, had this one battle where he basically did a false retreat. The enemy army came around a hill Mm -hmm. and they were all like in columns because they they thought they they were pursuing a... um, retreating army but the prussians had just like switched their battle line basically so just like rotated it around and as they come around the hill it was a fucking bloodbath dude the prussians were outnumbered like four to one and they absolutely annihilated this austrian army yeah it was insane dude insane also he turned the prussian cavalry from like one of the most middling underwhelming forces in Europe into some of the most elite soldiery 
in Europe. Like, it's insane. I love uh, it. I love that of, shit so a, much. A, a lot of war documentary is what you're what you're into right now. Basically, yeah, I'm I'm entering my. <laughs> I also I wasn't aware. So uh, so Napoleon comes out next week. Yes. Shit. Yes. God, dude, I should get fucking IMAX tickets for that. Yeah. God, I'm so excited for that movie. Joaquin looks good. Ridley Scott looks like he did a great job with it. Uh, Ridley Scott was also saying that he, wherever possible, did uh, practical effects. Uh, so some things are like composite shots, but it's still practical. It's like they had exploding ice and they had like cannons firing and they just make a composite of it. Uh, oh, yeah. But like he said, they did as little CGI as possible. Also, Frederick the Great had somewhere around nine horses shot out from under him over the course of his lifetime. Jeez. Yeah. It's pretty Napoleon insane. in his first battle took a bayonet into the leg, into the thigh. Hmm. Like, if that bayonet had been like three or four inches farther to the inside of his thigh, that could have changed the course of all of history. It just blows my mind, dude, because these guys were like dudes who were fighting with their soldiers, right? So like Alexander the Great fought with his men. Frederick the Great fought with his men. Napoleon fought with his men until a little bit later. And uh, then I think he was mostly leading from the back. Um, but that's just, be that's just because his armies were like so much larger than when he started out. Yeah. Uh, also the emperor of france like he, he fucking crowned himself emperor in a bloodless revolution after the fucking french revolution happened and they were like no more kings <laughs> um yeah like you know like roboat gillyman from <laughs> warhammer 40k uh roboat gilliman um he's he's basically napoleon if napoleon hadn't like been usurped nice. like expert bureaucrat expert politician expert fucking general like he he's the guy who gets to wield the the emperor's sword right i believe nothing so. yeah i thought i thought that was the war I, I remember correctly i don't know yeah i think he goes and talks to the emperor and uh the god emperor gives Gilliman his because uh, he's a good he's a good he's a very good boy unlike that Damn, uh, 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 the the one guy. I'm just interested to see what you say. Who was he? Um, um, fuck. What was his name? Horus. Horus, the Horus Heresy. Horus. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Horus, yeah. who betrayed his father. Yeah, I mean, he also killed my favorite primary, so... Yeah, he killed, killed Sanguinius. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, Alright, so I think next week we'll just fucking watch Raised by Wolves, and we'll talk about that, because I fucking love that show. Uh, Maybe. And also AI Girlfriends. Well, we'll see. We might, we might have to skip the episode next week. What the fuck, dude? Maybe do a mini episode, cause cause I'll be traveling a lot and I'll be away from home. All right, maybe know. we'll just do uh, AI girlfriends. Should, should we should we just go see Napoleon together and do an episode together on Napoleon? Like literally go see it and immediately do an episode. <laughs> Are you gonna be down here? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm, I got an 18 hour drive ahead of me. Oh, I didn't know you were coming so. down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm coming down there. I'm going to be at my parents in somewhere <laughs> nearby. I don't want to dock them. Out in um, the water. Yeah. Uh, well, no, because they're they're inland now. You know, they're they're where you used to live. They're they're out there. There's water inland, you dingus. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so now we're we're coming. So we're going to get in. We're going to get in like Sunday afternoon, and then we're staying right. until fucking, we're, we're staying until Sunday after. Doesn't want to listen to this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can talk about this after the podcast. But uh, if you listen but, to this point, you're a fucking champ. You put up with a lot of nonsense at the end of the episode there. Yeah. Um, 
if you want to support the pod, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash bad pipes podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at bad pipe at bad pipes pod at bad pipes pod. Uh, if you enjoyed the music, the music is by Carl Casey at white bat audio. And, uh, if you wanted to send us an email, you can do that at official something or other cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Okay. I love you. Good night. Bye.